Hey guys, this is another episode of 81 Points, our first episode of 2019. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Um, in this episode, uh, we do a little goat talk, talking about LeBron calling himself the goat. Mm-hmm. Who's the real goat? Um, is that a goat thing to say? Um, just all things goat in the, in the NBA. Uh, we discuss that for a little bit. And um, we also talk about you know the psyche of one Lonzo Ball. Um, a very mysterious player in that sense. Um, and is, um, you know, if this NBA thing doesn't turn, you know, turn out for him, he can start a career as a poker player. Yes, we can't. We have yet to pick up a tell on the face of Lonzo Ball. <laughs> um, and we get into a little bit of talk on um, the recent NBA games, uh, namely um, the Lakers game against the Oklahoma City Thunder and this recent uh, Rockets Warriors game. So, with that said, uh, please enjoy this latest episode of 81 Points. Welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Okay, 81 points. We're back. The two Chris's are here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, I think I have an idea of what you did for New Year's Eve, but um, did you end up doing... No, I might not Sticking to your plans? Um, it was actually pretty mellow. I mean, I, I didn't really do much. Yeah. I, mean, I was just telling you before uh, we were recording, it was, I want to cut back on drinking, you know? Yeah. Because we're not getting any younger, but um, I don't know. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, resolutions. Um, I definitely want to make it a goal to read more. Really? Yeah. Um, reading is something that's kind of getting lost with the uh, the newer generations, mm-hmm. with you know video and all that. So I definitely want to read more. Um. And you know, fitness goals, obviously. Yeah, uh, I'm say, yeah. I'm recovering from a, a, a back injury, so um yeah. trying to get back in shape is always a good resolution, I would say. Fitness is um, definitely important. Those are those are the two main ones for me. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, we're we're in a new year. It's twenty nineteen. Um I don't know how fresh everyone feels out there, but um New Year, new start. Mm-hmm. I wanted to uh spend some time tonight uh speaking on something that uh recently um was said so about i don't know how long has it been now it's about about a year and a half ago uh you and i were we were in a bar in orange county and uh we were sitting there watching game seven of the 2016 NBA finals, mm-hmm. right? Um, to our, much to our surprise, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers ended up winning that game. <laughs> and, uh, well. Um, much to our surprise and glee. Yeah, we were rooting for the Cavs. Um, and. Uh, that was a series that made me a LeBron fan, actually. Yeah? Yeah. 
I so. I uh, I think that game changed the perception of LeBron for a oh. lot of for a lot of people out there. For sure, including LeBron himself. So <laughs> there was, you know, there was something that came out recently. I think uh, a TV show that LeBron and his and his team produces, and uh, in this said show. He uh, he made he made a statement. Do you want me to? Uh, I'll recite the statement that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, why don't you recite that, it just uh, so, in he, case some people have been living under a rock. He said, "Yeah," um, and this is talking about coming off the heels of winning that um, NBA Finals against the Warriors. So, LeBron's words. That one right there made me the greatest player of all time. That's what I felt. I was super super ecstatic to win one for Cleveland because of the 52 year drought. Like, I was ecstatic. That day, the first wave of emotion was, everyone saw me crying. That was all for 52 years of everything sports that have gone wrong in Cleveland. And after I stopped, I was like, that one right there made you the greatest player of all time. So, (laughs) I want to get your reaction on... There's, There's like... We, there's a lot to unpack here with 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 this, but first of all, your immediate reaction to um, LeBron calling himself the goat. I think, uh, well, first of all, I don't agree that he is the goat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put that out there. Um, but I don't disagree with all the everything else he said in that statement um, because. That you know what he did that year is absolutely a legacy maker. I think that's his biggest, you know, feather in his cap. So Without question. Yeah. Um. To put you know to do that in that context to be down one three and to do it against, um, you know, statistically record wise the greatest team of all time, um, and to do it for, um. A sport in an area that has been in that half a century drought. So, yeah, I mean, when you put all those factors in, it is it's such an amazing achievement. Um, so having said all that, though, I I don't agree with that. I still think MJ's the the goat. But um, the thing is, LeBron is still in his prime, and he still has you know a, at least a couple years left. So. Um, I think what everyone's kind of up in arms about is the fact that he said it himself, right? I feel like that's sort of the thing that people are kind of getting their panties up in a bunch about, you mm-hmm. know, the fact that he just claimed, proclaimed to himself that he's the greatest. Cause I think there's a handful of people out there who do think that he is the greatest. And I feel like it's, it's a legitimate claim. You know, you think he has a legitimate claim to goat status? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna say it right now. It's a Laker podcast, but it's a much more legitimate claim than someone saying that Kobe's a goat. You right. Know? I don't think. I don't. I don't hear many people. Not anymore, right? Saying that, but yeah. um, you know, when Kobe was playing, I think people were kind of like, you know, clamoring of the fact that like Kobe is the goat. You have you know? to be like the most ultimate. <laughs> Of co- of a Kobe stan 
to say that he he is the goat. But yeah. now that now that LeBron is on the Lakers, now that a a Laker player is considering himself the goat, does that change? Like, how do you feel well, that there's think, a player on the Lakers that thinks he's the greatest of all time? Well, that that kind of puts. I mean, it kind of. Um, he loses a little bit of his argument because people will claim he's not even the greatest Laker, which is... I would be one of those people, yeah. <laughs> which is very, very true. Um, but, you know, the, the obvious thing is that he just started his Laker career. Um, but, um, yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's it's just him making a very bold claim, but it's not that outlandish because, I mean... He he's what, without a doubt, top five, right? I think a very legitimate claim to top three. So when you're in a top three contender, yeah, I think you can, you know, people can say you're the GOAT and not be, um, you know, ridiculed. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I mean, but I, again, I think the whole thing is, you know, people are hung up on the fact that he said it himself and he said it so definitively. You know, he just, he was like, yeah, that made me the greatest. It reminded me of when Ricky Henderson broke the all-time steals record in baseball. Do you remember what he did? He, I think he, I think he stole the base. He stood up, he <laughs> ripped the base off of the, off of the field and then proclaimed that he was the greatest <laughs> for some is, reason that reminded me of yeah. that of that ricky henderson in moment. ricky henderson's defense so he is one of the greatest baseball players of all time that guy is a very underrated baseball player but yeah that's that was a pretty uh it's a pretty silly thing to do yeah so you i mean you think that that was kind of silly of lebron to do well how did how did you react to that my initial reaction was here's a guy who is ultra media savvy right yeah he everything he says almost everything he says is very calculated and uh most of the time there's probably an ulterior motive Mm -hmm. to his statements Mm -hmm. so initially when i heard him call himself the goat i was wondering what is he trying to do here i i thought it was a very smart move on his part in a sense that after he said that, what what has everybody been talking about? They've been comparing him to they they're they're putting his resume up against guys like MJ. It's basically LeBron and MJ. That's like the debate right now. Yeah, which I thought was a very smart thing to do because think about the players that he's already passed. Uh, he's kind of steering the the conversation to a LeBron MJ comparison. Yeah. Where in my eyes I feel like he still needs to I feel like there's uh still several players that he needs to stack his resume up against as well. So there's, you know, obviously he's like bypassed Kobe and Tim Duncan. He's like trying to he's trying to make people forget about them in a sense yeah. when he talks about all-time all-time discussions. So yes. calling himself the goat is already like he's he's self leapfrogging himself over players yeah. like that, yeah. which I thought was a very smart move. See, I for me, I thought I didn't I didn't really think it was that smart of a move because 
I felt like it's like people are people are already saying he's in the category. Like people are already pitting him against uh, MJ and wondering who's better. You know, people are already doing that for him. You thought him. they were already doing that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think there are there are there's a big, um, you know, especially like the stat heads out there. The stat the stat analytic analytics analytic guys love LeBron, and so there's just a ton of people and ton of like, um, you know, even if you just go on YouTube and just a, t- a lot of analysis out there that feel like, um, LeBron is the greatest and. Um, again, I think it's a legitimate claim. So I feel like he did a bit of a disservice to himself because it's like, who are you trying to convince to make that argument? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think anybody's out there wondering, is it LeBron or Kobe? Unless you're, like you said, a, a true Kobe stan out here that's got blinders on. Or is it LeBron or Tim Duncan? I don't know. Like, I think it's so, it's so obvious that LeBron has has passed those guys up, you know. And so it's like, should it be though? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that. Yeah, I feel I do. I mean, I he's his resume is is pretty impeccable, you know, at this point. And I think the only thing that's keeping LeBron having that undisputed thing now is the number of rings. He already has three, right? But if you were to add like a fourth or a fifth, I think he's going to get into a realm where like people are just going to say, I don't know how you can dispute his resume at this point. Even now. He has three, but he's been on the losing side five times, I think. Right? Yeah. Um, I thought it was, uh, so having said all that, um, you know, I, I do think in a sense it is kind of a smart move, but, but me personally, I thought it was, uh, to say ridiculous is a little bit too much, but I I thought it was, um, a little bit premature for him to say, for him to call himself out like that. Yeah. Um, And also the thing is, it's like, I don't know, like the thing that I was just kind of, um, the reason why I was like it wasn't that I didn't feel like it was a very smart move was because like he like you said he's such a media savvy guy and he's he everything is so carefully crafted like think think about the things he's done this off season and everything he says which is like you know he built that promises school um, he said just all the most um, you know humble things and supportive things about his his you know his young teammates the prospects like all these like he's just said all the right things and then all of a sudden out of left field you know he's almost like a like a lebron dad people are calling like giving him he's like a a meme right now because he's so fatherly right and then out of nowhere he's like oh yeah i'm the greatest (laughs) you know i'm the best i was i'm the best ever that made me the best it just seems odd it seems contrary to this image that he has built up um you know leading up to this whole year you know what i'm saying yeah and and i think he's like the only there's only like what but five or four or five players in nba history that have a truly legitimate claim right uh as the goat and i don't think any of them have ever called themselves the goat yeah that's that's Uh, the thing too yeah you know if you go back and even not even Jordan. Jordan. Not yeah. even Jordan says he's the greatest. I uh, Kareem went, doesn't yeah. say he doesn't say he's the greatest. 
Yeah, I actually went back and you know looked for clips to see what like past yeah. players. Definitely, have said. Jordan says uh, Jordan and Kareem's answers are very similar. It's like yeah. you just can you just can't know because yeah. um, different generations. Not everyone was able to compete against each other. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing: the reason why another reason why too is because and Jordan is a perfect example. It's like Jordan. It's almost like like you look at Jordan and his, and his resume. It's it, it's so mind-boggling and it's so uh like unimpeachable that he doesn't he doesn't need to claim make claim to it. Other people will make claim for him. You know what I'm saying? Because his stats yeah. are so good. So in all, it almost it would it would have almost diminished himself and his accomplishments if Jordan said, "Yeah, I'm the greatest." You know. He just kind of proves that, dude, my resume speaks for itself. So he takes a humi- you know, humility route, you know? Because we all know Jordan's that. He, he has no humility, you know? I mean, he seen right. he's, you know, in his mind, he's screaming to, to, to Michael Wilbon as he's, asking, he's being asked the question. He's like, hell yeah, I'm the mother effing goat, right? But, yeah. you know, from the outside, he gives a very diplomatic answer. But that's, that's the thing to do when your resume is so unimpeachable. And that's the thing. I feel like... I thought it was a misstep by LeBron for doing that because it's like, dude, like your career is not even over yet. And you just, all you need to do is just keep adding to it. And then, you know, you take the humility route and everyone is just going to be all over, uh, you know, all over at your feet and be like, dude, you are, you're absolutely one of, you're absolutely the goat. You know, people are going to be saying that. But like you said, it was a little premature. And I thought it just seemed a little like, I don't know, cheap. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not even totally convinced that um, Jordan is like clearly go- the goat either. Mm-hmm. I think Kareem yeah. has a really strong case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, his college career was yeah. If you consider ridiculous. everything and in high school too, I think he yeah. won like four net uh, state championships in high school, three time yeah. national championship in college. And uh, they, you know, they outlawed dunking. Yeah, they changed the rules <laughs> they, I mean, because of Kareem. They didn't allow people to dunk because of. Kareem. Yeah. I, I mean, that is, if that doesn't put you in the GOAT can conversation, I don't know what it, what does, you know? So this is a slightly different question uh, uh, from who is the GOAT. Uh, if you were to pick any player in history to start a team with, who would that player be? Would it be MJ? In history? Yeah. So are you asking strictly on the court? I'm asking, you're an owner of a franchise. Oh, if I'm an owner of the franchise, Michael Jordan, without a doubt. Yeah? Yeah, because not just um, on the court ability, but his marketability off the court is... Is it is your answer different from if it was just basketball? It could be. I mean, I think, like, uh, you know, there's always, like, you know, a big man could possibly, you know, that you typically like to go with the big man, you know? When uh-huh. You're, I mean, you could say Wilt or Kareem, but Michael Jordan, like, gives you all that stuff on, on the court, but also he, he, you know, he transformed the, the, the market off it, too, you know? So, yeah, if you put the whole package together, I would have to say MJ without question. I think if, I think for me, I, I'm tempted to, I think I would say Magic Johnson, actually. Yeah. Um. I think he's just as marketable as 
as Michael Jordan, maybe a little less, but he's he's up there too, marketability. Um, and and you're saying he, I feel in this like, scenario he doesn't get he well, doesn't get HIV. This, well, yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, and in this day and age where, um, like, put put prime put Jordan and Magic in this era of. I feel like the NBA player is like a lot more sensitive now. There's a lot more freedom. Mm. They have a lot more power, right? To move around and, and play for wherever they want to play. And I feel like taking it, you have to take into account uh, a player's likability with other players. Like Magic's so much charisma. Yeah, so much, much more ability. now than before. Uh, Jordan was a lot. He could be ornery, you know. He can be a hard teammate, yeah, to to play with. He punched Steve Kerr, yeah, in the face. I don't hear any. I have. I never heard any problems with Magic. Yeah, like people loved playing with him. Um, and he's a six nine point guard, which is like would still be insane mm-hmm. by today's standards. Yeah, so. that's, that's a good. I think that's a very good uh, legitimate claim. I I just think you just can't ever count out Michael Jordan. He's if he was in this. Uh, climate, I feel like he would have found a way to, to adapt. He's such a chameleon, I feel like, in knowing how to like appeal to the masses. Do you think he could have adjusted his personality, though? I think so. His I competitive think, drive? Yeah, I think his... Yeah, I, I think he could channel in a way of may, even making that as a competition. You know what I mean? Like, This is a guy who, who masses like psychotic uh, personality like for so many years until we only started hearing the stories after he retired you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah i think he's he's a guy who could absolutely adapt you know um but that's a good point about magic i feel i think he's he would be totally tailor-made for this generation <laughs> yeah uh this goat talk it was it yeah it just came out of nowhere and it kind of uh was a curveball yeah. i wasn't i was not expecting <laughs> i mean i get it it was it was so that he could you know generate it was kind of a clickbait statement basically right you know it was a very you had everybody talking about it so i get it um yeah i just i don't know like a lot of a lot of people like you know chris weber He's, did you see what he said? He no. said, nobody who's the greatest ever said, proclaimed that they were the greatest. Which um, is kind of a true statement. Yeah, but there are some, like, there are some examples. I wouldn't like, mind, I wouldn't mind, like, it, I wouldn't, I don't mind him actually saying it. It's just, is he correct or not? Yeah. But you know? I mean, I mean, look at Muhammad Ali. <laughs> you know, he's, he's considered the greatest. He right. told everybody to their face that he was the greatest, you know? Right. So, uh, no, there's, but I mean, people I think understood that it was a more of a charisma, just sort of a bold claim type of thing. Whereas LeBron seemed very much like feeling himself, you know, sipping in his on his cold. Yeah, cold I mean, I was thing, as as a, as a as an NBA fan and as a Laker fan, I was a little bit torn on him saying this. You know, on one hand, it's like, yeah, I want I want the Lakers' best player to have that level of supreme confidence. But on the other hand, it's like just being truthful and having your uh, 
my own personal opinion that he's isn't the greatest of all time kind of made me feel a, a little bit torn on uh him coming out and saying it basically yeah. um so you uh i think you told me that you missed the most recent uh game against the oklahoma city yeah Thunder. i saw the highlights after though um and i saw the box score and <laughs> i saw paul george just he's having an nba mvp caliber yeah. season so in short uh not a surprising outcome you know okc won the game uh paul george was booed every time he had the ball yeah um as expected uh he was like the only uh star player on the court that night it seemed like yeah i think uh i think westbrook had a triple double but his shooting was just atrocious something right? yeah he uh his shot is broken this his year, shot huh? his shot looks uh it doesn't look as smooth as it as it's been in the past yeah he shot like three for 20 which is like i mean that's a long um, ball territory well so, the, so for me, the game was not a surprise at all. I think the the one thing that was most noteworthy was the fact that Lonzo got booed. Yeah. Shooting free throws. Yeah, I saw that. So he, I think at the time he was like over two from the line, and then he yeah. like missed his third free throw. Yeah. And then you just started hearing the boos. I mean, this is at home. At home, <laughs> it, so what it, are your was, thoughts it harkens that? back to uh, like the fans booing Kwame Brown when he was when he was playing for the Lakers. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Um, in a sense, I'm a little bit glad that that happened. <laughs> it, it that might sound really fucked up to say, but I, you know, I I feel like. Something needs to get through to him. Like, I'm of the opinion that he needs to change his shot, like completely rework yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, to have your starting point guard shoot 45% from the free throw line, he's he's averaging I think like one free throw a game, and it's like he almost doesn't want to go uh, to the free throw line. Um, the fact that He's made it to this point to the NBA with a shot like that. It's like proof that I mean, somebody messed up in his life, like Hint. growing up. You LeVar. know, yeah, somebody translation Lavar Ball. Somebody should have been there when he was a a younger like teen and said like you need to fix that. Nobody, nobody did that. I mean, if you really. If you really think about it, you don't really need to really think about it. But if you think about it, it's such a moronic thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you are a father or even just a mentor or like a coach and you see a kid shoot like that, it, it's like just, just going off your instinct, you say, stop shooting like that. Yeah. No one in the history of the game has ever shot like that. You know, like it doesn't even look efficient. Like just knock it off and just shoot normally. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it just they they let him continue to shoot like that. So, and now we're in this predicament where Lonzo is shooting worse than Shaq has ever done in his career right. at the free throw line. Yeah, it's it's a shame because he 
he got away with it all the way up until he made it to the NBA. Which speaks to his other skills, though. Right. Right? He's an elite athlete, just got elite uh, size at his position. Yeah. You know, I, I went back and even saw uh, clips of him um, playing summer league before his rookie year. And he was the MVP of the summer league. Oh, he was. I was convinced we made the right. Yeah. Just off that, I was like, yeah. oh, we got our guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think it, I think most of it had to do with uh, LeVar, you know, mismanaging, mismanaging uh, the development of his son you know, as a basketball player. Yeah. And you can see the other, you can see the other ball brothers too. Like none of them have like textbook form shooting wise. Yeah. Um, Lamelo's a little bit of a better, has a little bit of a better looking shot, but it's not it's not textbook by any means. I mean, um, you know, Lavar has really done a disservice to his sons. You know, I mean, just to talk. We completely. Haven't really, yeah, we yeah. haven't talked about Lavar much at all on this podcast, which is kind of funny. But partly is also because he's kept things very quiet this year, which is a little peculiar if you think about it. Um, but. He has really done such a disservice to his sons because, you know, we've so we've just covered Lonzo, right? But, you know, even just looking at Lamel, which one's the, the middle brother? Uh, Leangelo. Leangelo. He's the least talented one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even if you look at him alone, like, you know, here's a kid who will not sniff the NBA, right? He just doesn't have the talent to. And yet he got a full ride to... I mean, you know, a absolutely amazing public school in UCLA. He got a full ride to go there, to attend there, to get a chance at a top-notch education. And he he let his son just just piss that all away. You yeah, I mean? he. I mean, he set him. He set his son up for failure yeah. at UCLA be, before he even stepped stepped on the onto uh, campus because. You know he's touting all all three all three of his sons are gonna be NBA stars for the Lakers and it's like, Leangelo really had zero chance to make it to the NBA. Right. And it's like putting that pressure on your kids like that. It's crazy. Yeah. And you know obviously you know you want to say well look at Leangelo he has to take ownership for doing that, you know really idiotic thing in China when he uh, shoplifted. Sure, but that's also a product of what? Of how you raise your kid, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he... he I mean, now what's, now what's Leangelo, Leangelo going to do? I, I see little videos pop up here and there of him, like, shooting and practicing a shot at a Laker facility. It's like... He got a, like, a courtesy. He got a courtesy <laughs> workout. But I mean, no... no. Yeah, but even now, I'm saying... He, I've seen he can't even start on a D1 uh, right. power conference uh right team you know but what i'm saying even now like i'm seeing clips of supposedly he's work he's working out and like throwing up shots at a laker facility which to me i'm thinking that's sort of sad this is recent yeah this is recent oh it's like really pathetic you know what i mean basically the lakers are doing him a solid allowing him to like work out or just throw up shots in their facility because his his big brother is a laker you know what i mean it's like Del Curry taking a young Steph Curry to shoot around with him <laughs> and letting him take some shots on the court, basically. Yeah. Um, so I, and you know, I remember you were talking, and you were talking about uh, LaMelo, and you were saying this kid had his chance. He's 
he has a chance to be really, really good too. But now, I mean, you were saying he, he probably, they probably ruined his chances too, right? Yeah. Um, he's, uh, LeVar has encouraged and taught LaMelo Ball to be an absolute black hole on the court. Um, so I don't think, he, I, I think his chances at um, making it to the league ha- have dwindled significantly since uh since we first heard about him yeah which is which is sad you know yeah uh, but back to lonzo yeah fans are growing more and more frustrated with him uh in my opinion he's personally for me one of the most frustrating laker players that i can remember uh in a long time so they got me thinking about like players that have frustrated yeah, you. Yeah, who have been the most frustrating players? I think I can name one one of the name players that are that would be on your list, which is Pau Gasol. I yes, remember so that was <laughs> this was the guy that that just he bothered me. He, he bothered me to no end. <laughs> uh, Pau Gasol. I I don't think I'm alone in that either. Maybe. I mean, I I I think I understood and shared with certain things, but I I love the guy for the most part. I mean, and I think you do too in retrospect. But yeah, yeah at the time, yeah. at the time, you were you were pretty frustrated with 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 Pau. So interestingly enough, I think the height of my frustration with Pau Gasol was in the uh, 2011 playoffs. Um, that was the year that uh, the Lakers lost to the Mavericks, and. Uh, the Lakers got swept by the Mavericks, actually, and that whole series, Pau Gasol didn't even show up. Yeah, like you would see Phil call timeouts and like punch him in the chest. Like, what the hell's going on? Like, but what's you, wrong with you? But but you do remember the rumor? Yeah, right? no. So I was gonna get to that. So I, <laughs> you know, at the time I was very frustrated, but looking back now, like I understand what he's what he went through. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you talk about this rumor? So I think it's actually. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty well known, right? So at the at the time, uh, Pal was engaged to be married. Yeah. And uh, the rumor out there was that um, I think it was Shannon Brown um, was having an affair with Pal Gasol's fiance. Yeah. And and she's a total dying too. She's yeah. And uh, like, if that was true, then I totally understand. (laughs) I totally understand why his head was completely out out of it and he just could not do anything but uh we didn't know that at the time no so it was extremely frustrating coming off the heels of beating the celtics and you know putting together uh an all-time performance in game seven oh yeah for pagasol he was you know we would not win that game if it wasn't for his he, uh, performance. Yeah, so he came back the next uh, postseason and laid a complete dud against the Mavericks. Yeah. So he, um, you know, Lonzo's my most frustrating Laker player to watch right now. Um, and Pau Gasol was, for many years, the most frustrating Laker for me, um, previous to Lonzo. Um, I don't know if you... Do you have any players that come to mind that were extremely frustrating for you. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I feel like we've had, we've been fortunate to have so many good teams. Yeah. Maybe Andrew Bynum. Yeah. Because he was, you know, he was so talented, but he just 
he seemed lazy, uninterested, like a lot of the time. Wasn't he? He's supposed to make a comeback, right? <laughs> I don't. I, <laughs> I don't think uh, comeback unsuccessful is. Yeah. I think. I, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do I mean? Do you share? Uh, are you're equally frustrated with Lonzo too, though, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think. Um, well, the thing is, okay. So I think the Lonzo Ball is a is a tough nut to crack. I I don't really know. Because sometimes it's hard for me to separate the persona that Lavar has from his son Lonzo. You know what I mean? So it's like, what is what's going on in Lonzo's head exactly? You know? Right. He he. To me, if this NBA thing doesn't work out, he could probably be a poker player. Because sometimes I don't <laughs> like. Sometimes I don't know what is like. What is he? Is he a cocky player or is he like kind of like a humble player? You know what I mean? Is he? Is he like a trash talking, like uh, you know, a quiet trash talker, like who's supremely confident, or is he kind of like, you know, just you know, head you know, head to the ground, just like workman, like just trying to like get things done? I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, it, it's 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 weird to me. Like, uh, you know, certain players, you just like Lance Stevenson. <laughs> you just you look at him and you watch him play. You're like, this dude. He's feeling himself like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, you know. <laughs> right, right, just, right. And then like, you, like Kyle Kuzma is a guy like he has supreme confidence. Yeah, I was gonna mention he had. Right. He's a player with like a lot of confidence. Right, it's obvious. Yeah, and then I look at Lonzo Ball, and I'm like, I don't under like I'm I don't know like one play he's finishing off a alley you know an alley oop pass and just dunking it, and it's it's amazing and he's just kind of mean mugging the camera and you're like this dude's got it right and then the next couple possessions he's he's you know passing it off on wide open shots you know what i mean um i don't know so it's really weird to me so i don't know exactly what kind of mental fortitude he has or what he's really thinking like um to me because to me i feel like he seems like a good kid you know, um, if LeVar Ball was nowhere in this picture, I would feel like this guy's a good kid and he just needs like the proper shooting mechanics like taught to him. But I'm not sure if does he feel that way? Like, does he feel like, hey, I need to I do need to fix my shot or is he kind of like, nah, dude, I'm good. You know, I've, I've made it this far doing my own thing, so I don't need any help. So I don't know which. Again, I don't know which category he falls under. Like, I wish I knew, but again, he's just—he's a supremely talented poker player. He doesn't know this, but he has the best poker face. No ever. tells, no tells, no tells, on man. Well, up until this point, he said that um, he has not ever mentioned uh, changing his shooting form. Um, right. In fact, going into this year, I think what he said was that he got stronger, so it, it'll be easier for him to. Um, get lift take, shots. Take yeah, get lift on his threes. Um, but yeah, he is definitely like the most frustrating Laker to watch. I think. So I, I mean, think, what is your read on him? Because you watched him play at UCLA. You I'm I'm equally confused as you are because <laughs> at UCLA it was like without a doubt this is like the most confident player on the court. Right. Right. But now it has to like it's only human it for him to. Um, have his confidence a little bit shattered, right? Based on uh, based on his 
uh, stint in the NBA up to this point. Right. His shooting like is atrocious. Right. But I'm so I'm I'm but I'm asking even beyond his confidence though. Like, what is his personality like? Is he a guy who's like, dude, no, nah, man, I'm I'm good. I don't need help. I got this under control. You know, which is to me a very Lavar Ball type of personality uh-huh. trait. Or is he kind of like, yeah, you know, I I kind of I think I do need some help with my shot. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. That's, which is why, like, again, I'm like, what? Who is this kid? Like, because I would have thought that a kid, a son of Levar Ball, would have taken all the shots in the world. I'm not just talking about on the Lakers when he was at UCLA, but this is a kid who he plays a really good brand of basketball. You know, he always makes the right passes and he will take shots typically only when he needs to. I mean, he did this at UCLA. You know what I mean? He was yeah. like a you would absolutely label him as a as a pass first guard point guard you know who's very unselfish so again that to me i'm like it's confusing to me like, well well let's talk about the pass first yeah. aspect because calling calling a point guard a pass first point guard has the um connotation that this guard if he wanted to can just chuck up any shot he wants right like, like create his own like he he can get his yeah but he's he yeah. chooses to uh, involves teammates. Yeah, right? like yeah. perfect example is Chris Paul. I think. Yeah, he's a pass first point guard yeah. in my mind, but he can oh. for sure explode for like thirty yeah. points if yeah. he wants to. Yeah, yeah. Lonzo, I think he's a pass first point guard because there's no other option for him. Really, he's a pass forced, <laughs> pass forced point guard. Yes, that is correct. Because at UCLA, you know, typically. uh NBA players when they're in college they can most NBA players when they were in college they can get 20 anytime they want to but that wasn't the case for Lonzo well I don't his I, percentages kind of make it it certainly masked him in, into think it disguised him into uh feeling like he was a pass first point guard you know because he shot tremendously well from the three yeah you know yeah so and he was gifted um athletically you know he was completing like alley-oops that were that made the highlight reels right you know? so i mean even in college though it, it was it was very apparent that there were certain basic moves that he could not do right which became but it very was, glaring but it was acceptable because his three was so he was shooting at such a good rate elite from three rate. so it didn't really matter yeah. you know right. but now it completely matters and it, it, we're we're seeing everything now um it's funny that uh, we're having this talk about like, do you think this player um, is confident or not? Because I feel like if Lonzo is number one in uh, the the most frustrating Laker, I think one A is Brandon Ingram, and and <laughs> I've said all along that I I don't know what his head is either yeah. in terms of like confidence level. Um, yeah. You seem to think that he's. I mean, he he does try to take over games in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know. Um, but do you think he has a pretty healthy level of confidence? Himself? Yeah, but you know, and wouldn't you say though? And, and you know, I'm just gonna make this an analogy. But wouldn't you say that, like, let's say if you if you were a father, and he had two sons, right? And one was Lonzo, and one was Brandon Ingram. Don't you feel like, you know, it's like every parent has a problem with their kids, right? As they're growing up, right? Um, Lonzo would be a like Brandon Ingram would be a kid where if you're frustrated with him, 
you're thinking this feels normal as a parent. These are normal like child issues, you know. <laughs> he's got temper tantrums. He's got like issues with whatever listening to your parent, you know, going to bed you know, late or when they need to go to bed early. Like, these are things where you're like... Does Lonzo have, like, legit <laughs> mental health issues? Like, Lonzo, though, if you had Lonzo as a kid, as a son, you, his problems, you would be very concerned. Like, you would be like, do I need to take him to a therapist? Like, these these are issues that are beyond my, my uh, you know, that, that you can look up on a forum, like, as a parental forum and be like, you know... Um, you know, I don't know. My kid has these certain issues that I, I don't know how to solve. You think Lonzo's Ingram, a lot more frail than Ingram I, then? Not frail, but like Lonzo's issues are just so out there. Like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, like fundamentally, you know what I mean? To the point, again, I don't, I can't read what he's thinking. I don't know what he's doing. His, even his basic mechanics of a shot is, is, is just abnormal. Whereas Brandon Ingram, it's like, this dude is just fighting growing pains. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm frustrated, but the frustrations are very natural. Like, I'm like, this guy is 21, and he's, he doesn't know when to take over a game, when to pass, when to do these certain things that I feel like, you know what? Give him a couple of years under his belt, he'll figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, okay. I, of, I, think I, know what you're, I think I know what you're getting at. Like, his, his issues um, are easily learned and fixable like a there's normal, a precedence for yeah, a player to like correct what he's going through when i see brandon ingram it's a normal feeling frustration you yeah know? whereas lonzo extremely frustrating but i'm like I, I don't even know what's going on here can this even be fixed like brandon ingram is like the one that's like has a messy room and won't, won't clean his room exactly lonzo's the one that's like out in the backyard like, like killing cats dissecting yeah, yeah. insects yeah, yeah. and, and you're like, like, like burning burning stuff. burning ants with a magnifying yeah, glass yeah. you're like holy shit what do i do do i need to like you know what do i do you right. know so um yeah that's so i feel like this analogy makes a lot of sense but that's how <laughs> i you know that's how i feel about uh ingram like so yeah i'm frustrated with ingram but for me, I'm just kind of like, you know what? It's it's just normal growing pains with this kid, you know? Like, the reason why is because I see spurts of him where I'm like, holy shit, he, he's going to be a superstar. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, we've watched a couple games already a couple, uh, um, couple games ago where, I mean, on one, one end, I think it was the Kings game at home, right? Yeah, he had a couple of, like, highlight, career highlight I, I mean, worthy plays. And on both ends of the floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, you see that and you're just thinking I, the, the only question is how long because the Lakers, you know, we're we're kind of on a accelerated timeline now, you know. So, um Yeah, so it's frustrating, but you know, it seems it seems like he'll be able to he should be able to work it out, you know. It's funny that sticking to this analogy <laughs> with like parents and kids. Yeah. If if the if the Laker fan base uh, is the parent in this case, then I feel like they're treating because Brandon Ingram's problems are like more understandable yeah. and digestible. They're showing a lot more tough love towards Brandon Ingram. Oh yeah. Like it's like, damn it. Just clean your, your damn room problems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But with Lonzo ball being so strange <laughs> and weird, it's almost like, they give him a pass. We are coddling him a little bit more as a fan base. For sure. Which is why, like, going back to, like, this previous game where he was booed, I think that was, like, 
honestly the first time you heard Staples Center um, be like that yeah. towards Lonzo, right? <clears throat> yeah. So ultimately, do you think that's a good thing that he heard that? You, you think it's going to make him... Yeah, and that's... Yeah, is that going to inspire him to uh, or motivate him to be better? Yeah, or and so that's Is he why, just going to be killing more birds in the backyard? Right, right. And that's why I, that I come to my original statement where... I don't know, man. I don't because I don't know if I'm the parent. I'm like I'm talking to my wife and I'm saying I don't know what this kid is thinking. Yeah. I don't know. What, I have no read on him, you know. Whereas, like, let's say I have a third son, Kyle Kuzma. I'd be like, he'll be fine. You know, right, he right. got booed. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's for sure. You know, I'm thinking. You know, I'll take him out for some ice cream and I'll be like, you'll be fine, Kyle. Go just go. You know, hang out with your friends. You know, and he will be fine because Kyle Kuzma is just. Such a he seems like such a normal he would seem like such a normal adjusted kid but like Lonzo like again I have no read on him like I don't know what's going on and I don't know if this will sort of shatter him or he'll respond but like you said I am glad it happened because it's kind of like we don't we don't have time now to like coddle coddle him you know what I mean it's we're going on to we're on to year was it year two year two right yeah this is year we're two. on to year two now and. These are very basic things that you need to get fixed, you know? And and so yeah. Even even Brandon Ingram, to be honest, like he's at a point now too where we can't coddle him and it's like you gotta fix these things too, you know? Um so I don't know. I, I'm not sure if Lonzo how he'll respond. Um I'm hoping he will, and I'm hoping it'll make him think I gotta change my shot you know right and so, I, yeah. yeah so the coddling and the tough love all that you know in this analogy i think the true parent is luke is going to be luke walton so it's going to be you know and we're seeing it he he's i feel like he has a, a short leash with lonzo you know he takes him out like if he's not playing well yeah I, and, and he's and starting I to be a little bit more tough on him in yeah. that sense and I don't know how good Luke is in that role, though. Right. Because, so we're gonna find out, you know, yeah. in short order here. Like, because I will say this doing. about about Luke, and we will find out. But like his coaching staff, I I I don't. I mean, I guess I don't know enough to say I like it or don't like it. But I will say, it's like, what are the credentials of this coaching staff? It's just all filled with his Arizona homies. Well, Brian Shaw, Brian Shaw is okay, a, a Shaw. legit has yeah. a legit resume as but an like, assistant. Like I yeah, think I read... Miles Simon, you know Mark Madsen. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I, I think I've heard somewhere that there's no, there's actually no shooting coach on the team, which to me is like. Well, that explains yeah. <laughs> why. I mean, why to... Lonzo's still shooting like that? Right. To me, I'm thinking that's the number thing. That's the number one thing you gotta get on the damn team because not just Lonzo's broke broke ass shot, but the the free throwing is atrocious. You know, so. I don't know. I mean, hopefully Luke's got a handle on it, but uh, if yeah. Lonzo uh, completely re- reworks his shot, it, it's gonna take. It's this doesn't take this is a long lost summer. season. It just doesn't it's take. A lo- well, it's a lost season here well, for that Lonzo too, and it just doesn't take one summer and then you're you're fixed. Like right for sure to, to change the shot because if he changes it to a normal shot, that's a drastic change, right? Yeah, from what he's doing right now. So I feel like that's gonna take years for him to fix. And do the Lakers have the patience <laughs> no to give way. him years to fix that? No way. So 
you know, if we're playing crystal ball here, uh, what is, you know, gun to, gun to your head, what do you think the Lakers are ultimately going to do with him? Well, I think the Lakers aren't going to end up keeping him, not because they want to keep him, but because his, I don't think he has good trade value because his shooting is so bad. It's so broken. Yeah. You know? um, the unfortunate thing is I think, yeah, we would end up trading someone like Ingram or Kuzma because they have so much more uh, trade value. So do you think he's do you think Lonzo is going to be traded or do you think it's going to be I think like a Julius Randle situation basically I think the most likely scenario I feel is that we're going to end up keeping Lonzo because we have to because no team no no team will want him um and we'll end up trading Kuzma and Ingram for a guy like Anthony Davis you know which the grand scheme of things is not is not terrible, right? Um, which and also I'm I'm okay with probably because, you know, what if we tr- we did trade Lonzo away um, at like I don't know fifty cents on the dollar, and he ends up fixing his shot? He's a superstar because I think Lonzo with with a, a fixed shot is a star. That's basically I mean it's a huge ask, but that's all basically all he needs to do, right? Right? right yeah. Right. Because everything else is fantastic. Well, he his, also needs his to, handle. Yeah, too. his handle is, yeah. is is is. But again, handle is something you can like. Handle is a you know messy room type of right. Problem, it's not a killing birds in the <laughs> yeah, backyard type not, of problem. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, uh, it's funny we keep talking about like you know, the the psychology of like these players. But I think I think in this day and age, it like matters so much more. Um, yeah, I mean, look at Markel Fultz. You know, I think yeah. what's what's so interesting is that in this league right now is I don't know if it's because it's being magnified at a such you know because of you know social media, it's it's more so much more scrutiny. But I don't remember a time where so many players have so many broken shots. You know. Lonzo, Markel, Ben Simmons, and they even got guys that used to be really good shooters that are really terrible now. Yeah. You know, Eric Gordon comes to mind. Um, you know, Russell Westbrook, I mean, he wasn't maybe an elite shooter, but he was a fantastic mid-range sh- shooter for a number of years, uh-huh. you know? And now these guys are like, it's like really Draymond bad. Green, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's weird. Um Well, we'll we'll see what happens with um with Lonzo. I mean, we can only speculate at this point, but um you know, in his defense, there's still half the season left, so um I think we've said this like we're we're basically a broken record at this point, but he uh if he can string together a, a solid, you know, 15 to 20 games of improved shooting, then that will be an encouraging sign. Otherwise, uh, you know, our opinion uh, where we stand with him is is gonna remain the same. Yeah, and we were proved correct. Remember those two games where he shot fifty percent from three. Yeah, it just went back and back we, to back to his normal ways. Yeah, and after we were that. like that. This means nothing. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's, that's what happened. So I think you know, fifteen to twenty games. I think then then it'll perk my interest. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's a game tonight. Um. 
you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't think Kuzma's playing either. So the Lakers are really shorthanded. So it's going to have uh, to be the Brandon Ingram show, actually. Yeah. 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 Basically, what we saw in the second half against the Thunder is what, um, which was, <laughs> I mean, the Thunder have pretty. a very elite defense. And oh, it was, it was on a full display yeah. during that game. Yeah. Uh, but there was absolutely no rhythm. Um, Brandon Ingram, you know, uh, for as much potential that he has, um, he still seems like he has a long way to go uh, in terms of facilitating and um, setting up the offense and really um, captaining that role, you know? Yeah. Um, So this would be another good opportunity for him, I I think, against uh, a lesser opponent in the Knicks. So... um, that's all. That's all we have to uh, share for today. Um, well, we should talk about though. Did you see the Houston Rockets Warriors game? Oh, the highlights of yeah. It? You want to talk about that real quickly? Um, so, okay. Actually, I yeah, I do have an opinion on on what happened here. Okay, so everyone is so everyone is so quick to just like be sucking on James Harden's dick, like. <laughs> Okay, yeah, he had an amazing game performance, but what I always come back to is like, is this guy gonna do it when it really matters? Yeah, because he he's let us he's let us down many times when we were like, you need to come through and beat these damn warriors. Yeah, you and know? you know, like a lot of, uh, I mean, Charles Barkley is like, uh, you know, sitting at the throne at the at, at his feet right now, I'm like. <laughs> worshiping the throne of james harden and you have a lot of like nba experts like saying oh my gosh this is like one of the greatest offensive like players that we've ever seen and he's on this streak right now of you know whatever i don't yeah, know how many games james harden to kobe right now. how many games in a row has he has he scored 40 uh, I, don't know. I, I think this like was i think that was like his fifth straight game like that, yeah. you know so he has he's four more yeah, to, to catch kobe yeah um, I will say this though: if Kobe was playing in this age of this fucking defenseless uh, team, um, like ball, it's like Kobe. I don't know. I think Kobe could average forty in this year. This I, this climate. I I uh, I give James Harden a lot of credit. I mean, he's an amazing player for sure. But on the other hand, you know, I he's he gets a lot of cheap points. I feel yeah, like. Oh, yeah. He does it the cheap way. I mean, a he's lot. a guy that, if he's on your team, you love this guy. Like, I can't respect, I, I, I lose a little bit of respect for players who, like, always kick out their legs after they shoot threes. The Reggie Miller effect, yeah. the Reggie Miller move. Like, I think it's a little bit cheap, like, some of the shit he pulls. Yeah. Um, so, what, what, what were your thoughts on, on the game? Well, um, one, I. So I do have a problem with Harden because, you know, whenever anybody plays a Warriors, I become the fan of the other team, you know? So it's more of a frustration for... So you want to talk about Pau Gasol being frustrated? This is James Harden, a non-Laker, has been one of the most frustrating players because he's super talented, but he's never been able to, like, yeah, you know, really stick it to the Warriors in the playoffs. Um, but I became, a, I became a little bit of a fan because he's got a bit of a resume now against what draymond green you know he had that big ass dunk on draymond in the playoffs and yeah then this well, past what did he do last night on draymond um 
he made the game winning three. That was over Draymond. That was over Draymond. Draymond just like kind of crumbled. And he also I think tried to do the little undercut like so that the shooter would land on your leg. Oh yeah, no, he kicked out on that one too. Yeah. yeah. And good thing the refs didn't call it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but um no, but I mean I meant Dr- Draymond tried to like get him to land on his like Oh, did yeah, he? Yeah, he tried to do that, <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, uh James Harden got up and just he called he he made the three and Draymond fell and J- James Harden got in his face and called him a motherfucker. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, you gotta see that. So it was I was like I'm I'm liking the beard, you know. Um so I it was good. But again, it has to happen in the playoffs. The other thing was the refing. Well, Kevin Durant was I don't know. I mean <laughs> he was slip he was playing slip and slide out of bounds <laughs> and they didn't was, they didn't call anything. The, the ref was staring at Kevin Durant, not I don't know, ten feet away. Maybe he was wearing yellow shoes, and the oh and, a, and the floor was yellow, and he just it's like <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. I, it, it's the most egregious ref non-call in, um, in the last. I don't that know. That was really many. bad. It was yeah, so that bad. Was really bad. And I think actually the refing this year has been really bad. Um, just across the board. Yeah, just in particular, and not only are the refs bad, but it's like they're so goddamn sensitive, you know. They're so quick with the the whistle, like calling the technicals, and then like tweeting about it afterwards, being like, "No, that was a correct, that was a correct call," you know. Like, oh, they're tweeting too. Yeah, they're doing shit okay. like that. It's like just fucking calm down. Like this game is popular not because of the refs. It's because like it's a more sensitive league. Just it's so sensitive across you know? the board now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something to. Keep an eye on. I think this whole refing like angle is not going to go away. Um, well, so. you you still believe that they're going to swallow their whistles like in pl- come playoff time, though, right? I don't know. Um, I think so. Yeah, maybe. you know that that yeah. shot that that game winning shot that Harden hit. Uh, I think if that happens like in the first quarter, then he'll probably get the call. Yeah, you know. So I, well. So the sent, but the sentiment out there is just all this talk about how, the, you know, the ref, the refs are, are always like basically the Warriors are just getting every, you know, everything on their side, even the refs, you know. I mean, they clearly did on that on in that one instance, yeah. So yeah. Um, so I I don't take I don't take too much stock in 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 that uh, game. I think you know. In a seven-game series, like I, I would still, without oh. hesitation, pick the Warriors. Yeah. So nothing, yeah. nothing has changed as a result. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. On that note, uh, we'll uh, call it an episode. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Happy New Year! Welcome to 2019, and uh, be sure to keep checking us out. Once again, you know, if you want to contact us. Um, our email is 81pointspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, be sure to uh, keep listening. We've got plenty of more content for you um, this upcoming year. So with that said, uh, we will um, check back in again uh, shortly in a couple of days. Thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning into 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe 
and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.